0: Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world, with Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Arnie Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism, give it all a good hard shake and pour, dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sip slowly and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, what's woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's, as the white hats ramp up the rhetoric, You bet your sweet Bippy the dark hats are pooping bricks. Four years of peace, and now all the killing. I look around and see tons of red pilling. Brains are frying, NPCs are crying. The sleepers have realized their government is lying. Slightly surreal, rapidly losing its appeal. Crazy little world. As always, my darlings. We try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. We are rarely successful, I'll admit to that, but we are honour-bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the metaphysical martini show, we do love the odd shot now and then. Yes, we do. In fact, I think it's time to take a sip of today's drinky-poo to see if it's a winner or a sinner. Hold on, my darlings, don't go away. Sipping is happening. Mm. Now, that's not bad. I wasn't expecting that to be such a nice blend. Let me take one more sip. Mm. Mm. No, that that is not a sinner. Oh, my God, yes, that went down the wrong way. But it is definitely a winner. And I'll talk more about that towards the end of the show. Because in order to give it a proper review, my darlings... Honestly, I need to drink the whole thing. I mean, how can I comment on it if I haven't had the whole thing? So, hey, if you're joining us for the first time, a very warm and cozy Thanksgiving welcome to you. Be advised, this show is politically incorrect so as not to erode the intellect. We don't do wokey-pokey, cover-your-face-with-a-mask karaoke on this show. Martini heads, we are level-headed folks. We value common sense, common courtesy, and common decency. We poo-poo cancel culture. We have grown weary of critical race theory. And we've had enough of entitled woke buffoons demanding we honor their choices to identify as a toasted French baguette or a non-binary roll of scotch tape with mother issues. Martini heads are spirit-centered patriots from all walks of life, all denominations, and all political affiliations. And primarily because we've all figured out it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is right now. Now, you know, they have very little bearing. We have exposed the deep state. But for us, it doesn't matter where we come from or what type of crazy family we hail from. Our greater libertarian ideology And our love for America and her sacred purpose, it unites us. And it doesn't hurt if you enjoy a drinky poo once in a while. And it's okay if you don't. Because, darlings, as you're about to find out, this show is so amazing, you don't have to be drunk to enjoy it. What do we have for you today? Well, of course, we have questions, answers and comments. Quack, that is the meat of our show. Then we have a poem, it's usually a silly poem, but sometimes it's a serious poem. And then we're gonna follow that with our newest segment, awesome American civics. And if we have time, we will try to throw in some weird and wacky tidbits from the anus of history. And of course we will finish with my most favorite part, the cocktail of the day. But before we get on with it, Allow me to take a moment to thank the people who made intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Whatever you need in the realms metaphysical, Mystical Wares will make it available. If you're looking for gifts but feeling confused, head down to their shop and you will be amused. Can't make the trip? Do not despair. Their website delivers with care and great flair. Wares in Washington's Mount Vernon, mysticalwares.com. Show them your list and they'll share your burden. And jolly nice people they are too. Okay, let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. This drink is very strong. Let's start with quack questions, answers, and comments. If you would like to share the salubrious emanations of your razor sharp minds with martini heads throughout the known multiverse send your emails to me ani at dot or via snail mail to cosmic ani po box 714 wilsonville oregon 97070 usa and please let me know if and how you wish to be identified or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. Oh, let's shake up this fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out. A shaky, shaky, a shaky, shaky. Hmm. All right, hand is in the jar, pulling something out at random. Um, that didn't sound good, did it? Our first missive today is from David, who lives in Coeur which is in Idaho and david says we are being told the good guys are winning maybe they are and i hope they are but how can we be sure Annie, what signs am i supposed to be looking for i am new to all this but i have a good mind and if you could just give me a few pointers ah uh, david in curdilane idaho i understand your frustration mon ami it's Not that the signs are always so subtle, it's just that it doesn't make the mainstream news. Now, let me have a little roundup in my head of what went on in this last week or so, and I'll try to give some examples. Maybe a sip of this uh, exceptional cocktail will help. Hold on. Mm. Ah, good, it didn't go down the wrong way. Mm. Okay, examples. Well, Trump has really ramped up the -the drain-the-swamp rhetoric and he is supremely confident and getting quite sassy. He doesn't have the demeanour of a man who is going to lose, does he? So that's a very big thing for me. What else? Military personnel who were discharged for refusing the bioweapon posing as a vaccine, well the military wrote them all very nice letters telling them they could request a correction on their records and asking them Pretty please if they would like to re enlist. Now, what does that mean? Well, to me, that means that the military, the meat of the military, belongs to the white hats, not the black hats. What else do we have that will give us a few clues that we are actually winning this war? The fake vaccine manufacturers, or the manufacturers of fake vaccines, are bracing for a mighty onslaught of lawsuits. And then the January the 6th tapes have gone public, and, um, oops, (laughs) no insurrection, we all knew that, of course. Um, But what will happen to the January the 6th committee now? I have an idea. Let's hang them for treason. That will be a very good start. What else? What else? Uh, Oh, Japanese researchers have confirmed that the fake vaccines were designed to make heart muscles produce spike proteins. And then these in turn will cause the immune system to attack them. And that's why we have all these died suddenly heart attack things. What else? What else? A lawsuit has been filed in the state of New Jersey Um, New Jersey, it was a very bad accent, um, for secretly harvesting babies' blood for elite VIPs. Oh, my God, people. Perhaps the whole adrenochrome thing wasn't a conspiracy theory. After all, ha, 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 tee, hee, hee. What else? What else? Oh, Rand Paul, Republican, Republican. The state that makes all the bourbon. Yes, Kentucky. He's from Kentucky. Um, He's pursuing federal criminal action against grouchy Fauci for perjury before Congress. Uh, And that's the very least of what we should be charging that penetrator of maternal units with. Um, What else? Oh, yes, Argentina. Don't cry for me, Argentina. This libertarian outsider with fantastic hair, Javier Millet, he pulled off an amazing win in the presidential election. And this really pissed off all the traditional parties. And Millet, he is he's a noisy fella with a lot of ideas. He's going to make drastic budget cuts. He's going to try to get rid of the peso and use the American dollar. He's going to shut down the central bank. Um, he's fired, I think, most of his ministers. He's abolishing things like uh, a ministry for women because we don't need a suffrage is over people. We don't need our own ministry, gender, diversity, environment. I mean, everybody who's in these positions is, is pretty much corrupt, aren't they? Um, so, I mean, there's a few pointers right now. Uh, oh, here's another one. The cabal. The establishment, the bad guys, are so desperate at the moment, at the backlash, that no one in America is being shown on the news. They're so desperate, they're using their weather modification devices to literally set the world on fire, then shake it up with earthquakes and hailstorms and hurricanes and then flood it and then probably frogs are going to come from the sky and lizards and all sorts of strange things um god knows what else they have planned but you see climate change i maintain is not an abnormal thing or a cause for concern but they're the ones causing the climate change that is potentially a cause for concern and if they keep this up Um, I think we actually will have a climate change issue. People are finally figuring out that foreign aid is money laundering, going into the military industrial complex, and uh, of course into the pockets of corrupt officials all over the world, America being certainly not an exception. I could probably think of some more if I keep drinking, but um, I think that's enough to be going on with for now. David, we are at the point now where the media lies are so ridiculous. Even the couch potatoes are asking questions. So we are seeing the official narrative crumble. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And I need a moment to wipe away a tear of joy um, for this, because I really do feel it in my heart of heart. You know, in, in, in the cockles of my heart, I really feel the shift. And I have to say, at this point, I'm not even sure we'll have a 2024 election. The courts are so corrupt. And who the hell are these judges that are supposed to be judging Trump? They're the worst collection of weirdos, angry, bitchy little people that I have ever seen in my life. So if we don't get any joy from the courts, we'll probably have a coup. And bring on the coup. Bring on the coup. You know, what a time to be alive. Chin up, David. It looks as though you've come a long way in a short space of time. So please, darling, if you're new to all this, as you say you are, do not let it overwhelm you. Common sense will guide you. And thank you for taking the time to write. And David, you are now officially a martini head. Huzzah, my darling. You know, I think we should probably get some martini head T-shirts and sweatshirts printed. I'm going to work on that. All right. Well, that was fun. I'll have a little sip. Mm. Okie dokie. Let's see who else wrote to us today. Ah, oh, yes. Here's an email from Matt in Seal Beach. Dear Annie. Oh, dear. Here we go again. Why do you speak out against immigration? Have, how many times I, do I have to answer this question? Surely we owe the people a chance at the American dream. We are a nation of immigrants. Without immigration, there would be no America. I will answer this question again, because I don't assume that everybody who's listening today has listened to my other 110 shows. Okay, uh, Matt in Seal Beach. First off, of course, there would still be in America without immigration, perhaps with a different name. The land mass isn't going anywhere, and it had and still has a sizable indigenous population. Second, I wish you people would read all the way through to the end of my articles or at least listen to every single word I'm saying if you're going to comment it, because I am not against immigration. I'm an immigrant (laughs) to this country. I am against unchecked immigration, especially unchecked immigration for nefarious purposes, which is exactly what we have today We've talked about Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. We have talked about unchecked immigration being used to collapse society so that new world order can take over. Why don't you get this out there, people who are writing these silly questions to me? I still don't understand why American citizens have not formed themselves into bands of Minutemen and taken over policing the border. You know, that is something we should look into and sooner the sooner we do that, the better, in my never-humble opinion. We have thousands of disgruntled but experienced veterans who could make sure this was done properly. It wouldn't be done with just a bunch of silly people like me. As for this American dream that you are talking about, Matt in Seal Beach, that started to fizzle away when Steele went to China. And the Chinese steel is horrible, actually. It's dirty and it's inferior. American steel was so much better. The dream started to fizzle away when the globalists started to run this planet as a private company. Not so long ago, an American household could manage perfectly well on one salary. But the globalists don't want that because that smacks of strong families and that dirty little word that Luciferians hate. Sovereignty. Matt, if you understood the New World Order agenda, you wouldn't be asking that question. If you knew the nature and full extent of the unchecked illegal immigration, you would be horrified, my man, and you would be champing at the bit to do something about it instead of making naive statements about the American dream. Have you seen some of these desperate immigrants looking for the dream? Their clothes are cleaner than mine. They have cell phones better than mine. They have shiny new backpacks and they appear well fed, well provisioned and well organized. A great percentage of this is not immigration. It's a planned invasion as per New World Order. And by the way, that's just the women and children. I would also like to know who are all these single young men entering our country? Not just from the Mexican border, by the way. Check out the Darien Gap coming in through Panama. That is a holy hellhole of a mess. The only people who are owed anything in this country are the bona fide citizens. And this puppet globalist administration, it wants to starve American citizens by making decent food beyond the reach of most pocketbooks, It allowed that minion of hell, Gates, to buy up vast tracts of agricultural land and hold it hostage and has started to wage war against anyone seeking to become self-sufficient. Does it make moral sense to starve your citizens while feeding outsiders who have made zero contribution to your country? Of course it doesn't. Would you deprive your own children of food and give that food to someone else, someone who broke into your house and demanded you care for them? It's the same thing. And if you answered yes to that, please don't have children, because you would suck at parenting as much as you suck at citizenship. The chaos of unchecked immigration is part of the globalist plan to destabilize society to such an extent that people descend into a cycle of hatred, violence, and other irrational behaviors. I do not understand why everyone just can't figure this out and see it. I really don't, because despite the distractions and despite the media propaganda, It couldn't be more obvious. Whatever television channel you are watching, turn it off and try doing some deep dives elsewhere. Get a book on Agenda 21 or Agenda 2023 or Agenda 2030 or whatever the next agenda is. Try to wrap your mind around the events of the last few years. The sheer terror shown by the deep statists when the White Hats came forth and exposed them. The way they jumped on Trump, uh, up until 2015, one of the most beloved, well-known, and respected Americans. Suddenly, the media convinced you that he was Satan incarnate because he came to expose Satan incarnate. And it's not just in America, is it? It's a global plan. And in Europe and England, I don't consider England part of Europe. And in Europe and England, it is backfiring. Huzzah for the people and long may it continue to do so. It is about time people got pissed off and retaliated. And we are now at a point where it needs to go beyond banners and chanting. America has a sacred purpose on this planet. If America falls to new world order, we are in deep doo-doo. There can be no American dream when you have swamp monsters posing fraudulently as a government. I want the dream. I came for the dream. And every day, what gets me out of bed and moving is knowing that I can do something to reclaim that dream. It is way past time to smack these sociopaths back to the hell from whence they came. I'm sorry if I sound a little animated. I I generally do get a little animated when I have a cocktail, but I just have to say, you're being naive, matey, and that makes you a useful idiot for the cabal. And that doesn't serve the light. So please, just get your head on straight and learn the truth behind the surreal events of today. There is potential here for World War III. And you're talking about the American dream and unchecked immigration being a good thing. I have no words to respond. I'm done with it. You know, I've said everything. I mean, I have no words. And as we all know, I am verbose. But I thank you for writing in because you gave me the opportunity to really highlight something that is a massive problem in the collective psyche. I know some of the things that are happening are terrifying. But what are you? Don't cower. Not only are you Americans, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, John Wayne and kick the British up the arse. But your spirit incarnate, fear no thing. Fear no man, fear no woman, except maybe your wife if she's in a bad mood. All right. What else is in the fishbowl? Let's have a look. I don't know. They all look the same to me. Um, But let's pick this one. And this one is from Omit Personal Details, who says. Miss Ani, that's me. I live in an apartment in a mid-sized town. How am I supposed to start my own garden and become self-sufficient? Well, darling, um, thank you for that question because it is an important one. If you don't have any land outdoors, you have to explore alternatives and you have to seek out like-minded people. Can you install window boxes? Is there enough sunlight where you live? I I live in an apartment in a small city and we grow lettuce, spring onions and herbs in our window boxes and we grow microgreens indoors. It doesn't sound like much, but we have salad in the summer and nutritious microgreens all year long. Um, Find out if you have access to a community garden in your area. Call your local Master Gardener program for advice. If you don't know about the Master Gardener program, by the way, my fellow Americans, you are missing out. It is a wonderful resource, and they just love giving you free advice. I kid you not. Now, omit. Clearly, living with no arable land is a limitation. So, in addition to the aforementioned, buy the best produce you can afford and learn how to can how to dehydrate watch a few food prepping videos and learn how to process and preserve just about anything that you would care to live on the important thing is make a start and you don't have to do it all overnight but do something start somewhere in addition to our window box and microgreen setup at home uh, we purchased a good quality dehydrator which i highly recommend Um, And I learned how to can so I can pop down to the local farms and get produce in season and I can can it for a rainy day. And I live in Oregon. We have many rainy days. And if you and if you and your friends uh, enjoy meat, uh, as we do, you can go in together and buy a whole or a part of a cow or whatever type of meat you enjoy. And if you don't have freezer space for that much meat, find a meat locker to store it in. Yes, it's tedious, and you have to actually make some phone calls and drive to some of these places. But the alternative is either to starve or be dependent on the state. And quite frankly, I'd rather starve than be dependent on the state. But the best advice I was given um, is this really find like minded friends and share the load. There's a lot to be said for a support group, it keeps you motivated, it keeps you focused. And because you can buy in bulk, you get better prices. And this goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Until you get all prepped up and groovy, make sure you have a month's supply of store-bought supplies on hand. I mean, tin food doesn't really have much of a vibration, but it will stop your intestines from sticking together. Okay? The nature of an emergency is just that. You never know when it will hit. Good preparation will save the citizens of this great nation. And the state, as we know, is a beast that produces nothing. But it is very happy to feast on the fruits of our labor. So good luck, Omit. Get busy, make a start, so when everything crashes, you won't be in a tizzy. Lovely. All righty. Mm. Slow down, Ani. There's plenty of drink to go around. Okay, let's take another one. And this is, um, well, this is a postcard and it's from Orange Beach in Alabama. And it's from Lydia, who writes. Argentina, oh, my God, it's time to tango. And that's all she wrote. (laughs) I assume you are referring. Well, obviously, you're referring to Javier Millet's election. Am I pleased? Yes, of course. He is a colourful chap with lovely hair. I mean, that's a good start. And I hope he completes his mission, uh, the one that he has set for himself and his country. I tingle in anticipation, but I'm not ready to comment just yet. Um, It pleases me greatly that just one year ago, people mocked the existence of a deep state. And now the phrase deep state is thrown about like confetti at a wedding. And that's, you know, we should be grateful to the bold men with the groovy hair, <laughs> red pilling the world one nation at a time. Uh, I'll be watching him carefully. Um, uh, good luck, uh, Javier. Bring it on. And this time, let's really play to win. What else is in the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity? This is from Dan the Man in St. Joseph, Missouri. I've actually been to St. Joseph, Missouri. Um, it was a lovely town, and then they messed up the entire downtown and ruined the heart of the city. Why do people do that? Okay, so Dan in St. Joseph, Missouri asks, "Only have you ever tried LSD? <laughs> yes. I don't like it. (laughs) It's not for me. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say I am blessed with expansive perception, and I don't much like it when I open the refrigerator door and the food sings to me. Um, I'd much rather have a glass of Pinot Noir and stay in control. That said, uh, there is a reason why the Terence McKenna generation took LSD, because they wanted to know that there was something beyond conforming. Um, You know, uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Maybe because I know so much about MKUltra and its excessive use of LSD. I I also have a bias towards it. But have I tried it? Yes. Did I like it? No, not for me. Thank you. Okay, um, let's see. We have another one, and this is from Diego, who doesn't say where he lives. But Diego writes, my guru says that I will never become a spiritual being, unless I completely give up alcohol. I thought you might be the perfect person to address this. Is it true? (coughs) Excuse me, Diego, let me sip my drink before I answer that. Mm. Well, clearly not. But that said, of course, it depends on how much you drink and why you drink. If you can't get through the day without drinking, you need to review that. If you drink to the point of passing out, you should review that. And if drinking alcohol is preventing you from living a happy and fulfilling life, you really need to review that. Diego, let common sense be your guide. If you're addicted to a substance, any substance... You need to review, because you've given something power over your divine cosmic connection. And that never ends well. At the very least, it will be a very disappointing incarnation. But if you, like me, enjoy the occasional drinky poo and focus on quality, not quantity, then I don't see a problem. As long as you're sensible you will never engage in behavior that is reprehensible. I have had some tough times in my earlier part of my life where I did drink a lot more than I should have um, for mental and physical health. And I went in and out of that for a little bit. Um, But you see, I really like myself now and I really enjoy a well-mixed cocktail. So every other Wednesday, I have one on the show I uh, have the occasional glass of wine on a Friday or a Saturday, and life is good. So I'm sus- I sus—I suspect you are asking this question because your guru thinks you drink too much. But just get to the bottom of why you do that, and everything else will fall into place. Thank you, Diego. And then we have another one, and this is from Avi. And I was really hoping I wouldn't pick this one. But I promised myself that all the emails that came in, I would print them. I would put them into little, little, uh, you know, into little foldy thingies and put them in the fishbowl. And I would make myself just randomly pick one. This is from Avi and Avi writes, have you read the protocols of the learned elders of Zion? And if so, what do you make of it? Trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. Is it true? Is it woo, he says, or do we flush it down the loo? Avi, Avi, of course I've read it. Don't be silly. Of course I've read it. I've read it many times. And anyone who has read it thoughtfully with an open mind, without bias, cannot deny how uncanny it is that what is written has come to pass. That said, I really doubt any faction of the cabal, would sit down and write a book listing all the ways they intended to carry out world domination. You can just see them in their little wood panelled room, um, you know, uh, sipping their sweet wine and going, oh, yes, chaps, let's do this to them. And then we can do that to them. And then we can trick them with this and trick them with that. And, oh, yes, let's make a lovely Luciferian list and put it in a book that will one day be available on Amazon. And we can label anyone buying it an anti-Semite. And God, 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 am I sick and tired of hearing that phrase. No one gets their knickers in a twist when someone is called anti-Armenian or anti-British. Why should it be against the law to be anti-Semitic and not anti-Armenian or anti-Anglo-Saxon? I mean, that's a point to ponder, isn't it? By the way, I know the answer. Um, But today is not the day to get that deeply into it. But I do intend to get into it deeply and profoundly at a later date. But if you flip through the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, you come across things like um, political freedom is an idea, but not a fact the idea one must know how to apply whenever it appears necessary with this bait of an idea to attract the masses of the people to one's party for the purpose of crushing another who is in authority. Um, you come across phrases where they say, because the blind might of the nation cannot for one single day exist without guidance, and the new authority merely fits into the place the old has already been weakened by liberalism. I mean, that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? And you'll come across things like might is right. Our right lies in force. The word right is an abstract thought and proved by nothing. The word means no more than this. Give me what I want in order that thereby I may have proof that I am stronger than you. Um, you'll come across other phrases. um, We shall end liberty. It talks about people whom they call stupid pole parrots, taking the bait and crying out for liberty. Yes, I have studied this document extensively. It goes on to discuss how to destroy education, how to use poverty as a weapon, how to destroy the concept of God, how to lead the masses by lies, to establish massive pools of wealth and make mankind, referred to in the book as goyim, dependent on them. It talks about a never-ending universal war, to keep the masses distracted and occupied. It talks about a Jewish superstate and the destruction of Christian youth. It openly talks about their goal being world power, how they will poison the masses with the liberalism, how they will choose the presidents, how they will destroy the constitution of the United States, not on my watch matey, how they intend to change the definition of the word freedom. How they will control the press. Not a single announcement will reach the people without our control, they say. The destruction of the free press is a priority. How to deceive people by keeping them entertained with useless pursuits. And then it talks about secret societies. Destroying the clergy. Having a government that is run by fear. Uh, preventing the average man from owning anything. You will own nothing and you will eat bugs. Yeah? Sound familiar? Um. It talks about how they're going to bankrupt states not under their control, Um, um, using usury, uh, you know, charging interest. And it's all very interesting. And it really does read like a manual of how to rule and ruin the world. And we can't deny that, though, this was written well. We don't really know when it was written. It was published at the turn of the 1900s. We can't deny that this is exactly what we're going through today. Is it a hoax, Arby? You tell me. I don't know. Well, actually, I do. The protocols are standard issue world domination tactics. Common or garden variety tactics for one world government, I would say. The issue seems to be this. Who are these Zionists? Are they actually Jewish? Or are they passing themselves off as Jews? That's the issue. And by the way, to anybody out there, Not all Jews are Israelis, and not all Israelis are Zionists, and there seems to be more than one definition of Zionist and Zionism. And at great risk to life and limb, I will take a deep dive into this in 2024. I've talked to my Jewish friends about this on several occasions, and they are absolutely no help, because they're so, my Jewish friends, are so hopelessly liberal. They apologize to their bagels before smearing them with cream cheese. And they claim to know nothing about this book or about Zionism, and they don't want to know. They just want to live in peace, as do we all, my darlings, as do we all. Thank you, Avi, for sending in your bait question. And I look forward to all the hate mail accusing me of anti-Semitism when all I did really was answer a question. But you know what? hold off on the hate mail, please, until I take a deep dive into this, because I would love to give you more material to misinterpret. So let me just say to everyone, shalom Alechem, or perhaps I could say salam aleikum. Oh my God, did you just hear that? Shalom aleichem. Salam aleikum. They do sound so similar, don't they? Do you think there's Any truth to the conspiracy theory that we are all descended from the same deity? Source supreme? (gasps) What a concept! And I think we'll leave it there for quack for this show. And a big merci beaucoup to all the martini heads for writing in and making the world a more vibrant and colourful place. Speak your minds, my darlings, and I will happily support you by speaking mine. And now... It is time for Awesome American Civics. Are you an American? Do you understand the Constitution of the United States of America? Are your children taught civics in school? What was that? Did you say no? Holy moly, topped with guacamole. Without a thorough understanding of our founding fathers' libertarian principles, your progeny will lose their minds in the cesspool of wokeism, the current favourite weapon of the Luciferian machine we call the deep state. Let's fix that, shall we? Are you all sitting comfortably? Good. Today's topic is the Republic. And if you have the textbook, We the People, the Citizen, and the Constitution, you can follow along. This is lesson three on page 21. And here we go, class. The subject today is what is a republican government? And I don't mean the political party, I mean the republic. We have all heard of the Roman Republic. It existed over 2,000 years ago, and although there is no longer a Roman Empire, Rome is still the capital of Italy. Rome of old was not ruled by a king. It was ruled more or less by Roman citizens. And our founding fathers were keen to study how government by the people for the people might work. In the early days of colonial America, Most people lived in small-town communities, and these communities pretty much governed themselves. In fact, they did govern themselves. If there was a problem, a town hall meeting was called, and everyone put their heads together and decided what was best for the town. Plus, we call this direct democracy. It means the people themselves decide what is best for them and for their community. And that works very, very well in smaller communities, but not so well as populations grow. If we look to the Roman Republic of old, people chose representatives to make decisions on their behalf as the populations grew. And that is what Romans called a republican government, a government for the republic. The people hold the power of government. They still do because the people give power to the leader they choose to represent them and to serve their interests. The representatives are responsible for helping all the people in the Republic, not just the wealthy, not just the influential, all of them. Now the founders, they thought that would be a good model Representatives selected to serve the common good. What a concept, ladies and gentlemen. Having representatives, ones that honour their oaths, could make government more streamlined, perhaps, more efficient. We wouldn't have to hear the opinion of every Tom, Dick and Harry in the village, which could take hours or it could take days or it could take forever. So does that destroy that concept of direct democracy? Well, the people do not and should not give up their voice in government just because they elected a representative. After all, the people decide who will represent them and they will hold the representative accountable should they dishonor their oaths of office. And the people will vote the corrupt ones out of office You know, we're trying, we're trying, but they keep stealing the election. That's the plan, that the people vote the corrupt ones out of office. The people have the power in a republic. And if you break your oath, then woe, woe unto thee. And if you don't work for the common good, you're no good. Because the common good, well, that's the entire purpose of a republican government. And it's a good model as long as the citizens remain engaged, aware, and up-to-date with the dealings of their government. Working for the common good is called civic virtue, and this was heavily emphasized in early America especially among the young. It is important that young people are taught the principles of individual and national sovereignty as soon as they are of an age to grasp it, because sovereign souls make for a sweet and sovereign nation. Back in the days, the Roman days of old, here's a little story that is in this textbook, but it's also a story we were told um, back in boarding school And when we studied Latin, um, and I I believe we should all study Latin, Um, it makes you a better rounded individual. It's the story of Cincinnatus, and it is the year 460, before Common Era, Rome was in great danger. It was surrounded by enemies. The countryside was looted and set ablaze. Rome needed an experienced and innovative military mind to handle the situation. So the government leaders called an emergency meeting and they decided the man for the job was one Cincinnatus, a skilled and respected military leader, now retired and working his land as a simple farmer. The messengers found Cincinnatus quietly plowing his fields. They asked him if he would serve as ruler of Rome for as long as it took to defeat the enemy. Cincinnatus was a patriot. That is not a dirty word. That means he loved his country. So he agreed. He went to Rome, figured it all out. He led the army and he defeated the enemy and he did so really quickly. He saved Rome. And of course he was honored and celebrated by the people and had he been a man of lesser virtue, he could have used that to his advantage. But he didn't. He did what he had to do to save the land he loved, and then he went back and finished plowing his fields. He lived out the rest of his life as a farmer, as an ordinary Roman citizen. He asked not what his country could do for him, but he did what he could do for his country. Uh, Particularly poignant today, since that is the anniversary of JFK's murder. Back to Cincinnati, this is an example of working for the common good. His self-interest did not go beyond the safety and prosperity of the republic he loved. Now, darlings, let's take a look at the last hundred years or so of American politics. And let's take out our microscopes. Class, take out your microscopes and see if we can locate any civic virtue. All honour to the tiny, tiny handful, teeny, tiny handful of politicians who have exposed themselves to ridicule for the common good. And of course, there is one blip that blips the blippiest of all. Big Daddy T. He not only exposed himself to ridicule, but to multiple assassination attempts, not to mention the tedium of multiple court cases presided over by judges who have serious mental health issues. Those people shouldn't be judges. They should be locked up and sedated. So class, we now know how we progressed from direct democracy to a Republican government. And how clever are we for knowing that? And now we know what representatives in a Republican government are supposed to do and not do. And in the not do section, we should include money laundering under the guise of foreign aid and not being involved with child sex trafficking, murder and adrenochrome production, all of which gives the cabal great power because now these self-absorbed, easily bribed apologies for humans are terrified of being blackmailed and they are in so much trouble. Not even Rotor Router can rescue them. Class dismissed. Thank you so much. On the next show, we will discuss what is a constitution. So that's it. American civics. Awesome American civics. It will be a regular feature of this show. And now I need a little drinky poo. And you probably need one too. And I should do a little something on my kazoo. <laughs> because now it's time for a Thanksgiving poem. Yes, folks, after a hard day's shamaning, I like to come home, put my feet up, enjoy a nice cup of tea or a small drinky poo, and write really weird, non-peer-reviewed poetry. So here we go. This is a little something I wrote this morning. I wanted to make it very amusing, but something happened to me, I kid you not. This was channeled. I felt hands on my shoulders and somebody said no it won't be funny it will just be this and then it sort of just came through me so i can't take credit for it but since i don't know the name of the person on the other side to credit and they don't really have a physical body i'll take credit for it Annie's thanksgiving poem 2023 does anyone stop to give thanks anymore Or do we just eat, drink, and fall asleep on the floor? Does the concept of gratitude belong to a past age? We take so much for granted, yet we complain and we rage. The inner flame of mankind's connection is extinguished by lies, by false insurrections. That cosmic spark that lights all our fires Struggles to burn midst the devil's desires. What good is the food on my thanksgiving table when all around me I see Cain versus Abel? What does it serve to prepare this great spread when the people of earth just wish to see each other dead? Does anyone stop to give thanks anymore? Or do we just eat, drink and fall asleep on the floor? Does the concept of gratitude belong to a past age? We take so much for granted, yet we complain and we rage. And a personal note from me with regard to the American Thanksgiving table. Darlings, we need more contrast. There's too much carb, stodgy and white, and not enough pickle and vinegar bite. You see, the cranberry sauce is literally the only saliva-producing item on most American tables. No wonder everyone falls asleep after their lunch. And let's not miss the point of this secular holiday. Let's take a moment to sit quietly, to regroup and give thanks for what we have. And if what we have isn't what we want, let's sit quietly and give thanks for having figured that out and now i will take a moment before we end the show because we're not over to wish you and yours a blessed and happy thanksgiving day and now it's time i think for um if we can fit this in for weird and wacky tidbits from the anus of history and this one is really weird and i want to thank the dedicated team of exceptionally odd martini heads for sending these in this is about a woman who gave birth to rabbits i kid you not Um, 1726, Mary Toft, a 24-year-old peasant woman working in the hot fields of rural England, called out to her neighbour, Mary Gill, who came rushing in to find Mary Toft squirming in pain, and then, oh, horror of horror, she gave birth to a monster. So the neighbour goes to fetch Mary's sister-in-law, who happens to be a midwife. She examines the baby and says it looks like a bunch of animal parts. They go and they get the local surgeon who comes in, one John Howard, 30 years experience, and he declared that the baby resembled three legs of a cat, one leg of a rabbit, and the backbone of an eel. He actually believed that this woman birthed this thing. So Mary Toff becomes a celebrity, and over the next month, Dr. Howard witnesses Mary give birth to eight more rabbits and more on the way. He preserves their bodies in alcohol, and he sends letters to all the prominent physicians in England. And I just have to ask, what was he thinking? But of course, this was the 18th century. One of the physicians he wrote to was uh, Nathaniel San André, who happened to be King George the First's surgeon. Uh, not a very scientific man, because he he swallowed the story hook, line and sinker. He goes to visit Mary. He examines her and says, oh, yes, rabbits are definitely forming in her right fallopian troub- uh, tube, fallopian tube. Um, and he claimed to have personally delivered one of the rabbits. Uh, How strange is that? But Mary's fame grows. And in a prominent journal, uh, it was this whole thing was reported, you see. Um, Now, there's a problem with that because rabbit was a popular food in England at the time. And you can imagine this was a terrible blow for the rabbit sellers. The public were disgusted by this woman popping rabbits out of her hoo-ha. And so nobody wanted to eat rabbit stew anymore. Why did the doctors believe Mary's insane story? There was this theory at the time called maternal impression. They believed that a pregnant woman's emotions and imaginations could cause defects and anomalies. So Mary claimed to have been frightened by a rabbit when she was pregnant. And so they thought, well, the rabbit polluted the faeces. Anyway, King George thought this was interesting, sends another surgeon, uh, Dr. Orlers, to investigate. He is not a gullible man. And he examines her and whatever. And before she knows it, she's taken against her will to London to be examined and studied. So she's locked up in a bathhouse, ogled by surgeons and the entire court of King George. And surprise, surprise, she stopped popping up bunnies. Meanwhile, Aulers, the king's doctor, was um, dissecting the previously preserved rabbits that she was supposed to have birthed and he said something's wrong here the rabbits appear to be cut with a knife and one of them which was supposed to come from her womb contained droppings of corn and hay so by December that year I'm afraid the game was up a porter was caught sneaking baby rabbits into her room and he confessed to being bribed and it was also discovered that Mary's husband who was not a rabbit had been seen buying up suspicious numbers of rabbits from the local merchants. And so with all of this evidence mounting, the surgeons told Mary, um, sneaky little surgeons, that they were going to perform a very distressing and painful procedure on her to find out exactly what made her so unique. And she asked, well, what kind of procedure is this? And she said, and they said, well, it's a little bit like sending a chimney sweep boy up a chimney and this frightened uh mary as it would any woman who would not want a chimney sweep boy you know to go to that place so she admitted it was a hoax but that was very bad news not just for mary it was bad news for the original surgeon john howard because days earlier he had published a 40-page pamphlet called a short narrative on the extraordinary deliver of a rabbits And he had bet his name on the authenticity of the content. And in the blink of an eye, his reputation was shattered. He lost his job. And in general, the reputation of medical professionals everywhere in England suffered. Poor old Mary. She thought by doing this, she would actually be allowed to join a freak show, which, you know, they were popular at the time. And that she would make some money and it would lift her from poverty Well, instead, she was thrown in jail for five months and went home broke. And when she died in 1763, the parish epitaph read, Mary Toft, Widow, the Imposterous Rabbit. Well, my darlings, I suppose we all want our 15 minutes of fame. And sweethearts, I think it's almost the end of the show for today. Check out my website from time to time, oniavidician.com, and uh, let me know what I'm doing because I have no idea. And if you're a spirit-centered patriot and would like to meet like-minded people, you can join my telegram group. It is now a private group, and you need to send me an email and consent to a short video interview to see if we are a good fit. The world is full of predators, scammers, and trolls, and I don't want any of those losers in my group. Today's Real Life Cocktail was a Gene Harlow, a new one for me. It's also known as a sweet rum martini, and here's how you make it. Two ounces of light rum. I'm using Equiano from Mauritius. Two ounces of sweet vermouth. I'm using Carpano Antica. Lemon peel for the garnish. Take the ingredients, not the lemon peel. Pour the wet ingredients into a cocktail shaker with ice cubes. Cracked ice is better, I think. Shakey, 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 shakey. Strain into a chilled cocktail glass. Garnish with a lemon peel. Serve and enjoy. Enjoy. It is essentially a type of martini, so feel free to play with the measurements. And if the rum martini taste is too weird for you, add a couple of drops of Angostura bitters and see if that makes a difference. The original martinis were 50-50. They weren't dry. If you prefer a dry martini, obviously use less sweet vermouth. It's a lovely drink. It has kind of gone to my head. So I'm quite happy we're almost at the end of the show. And I can turn around now and take my very last sip. Hold on. Oh. And now I can say, I'm Annie, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful mwah, 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 until we meet again. Don't bury your head in the sand, give one another a helping hand, read a book by Iron Rand, and above all, my darlings, let the spirit inhabit the human. Have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Ani Alpha the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com.